Today, the church gives us a very beautiful gift with these readings. All the readings today speak of an incredible mystery, the mystery of the resurrection, the mystery of the resurrection. In the very first reading from the book of Maccabees, we hear an amazing story of a mother and seven children that instead of transgressing the law, instead of transgressing their personal relationship with God, they chose death. And they chose death with the certainty that death does not have the final word. The final word is the resurrection. We're talking about 200 years before the coming of Christ, when Alexander the Great ruled in northern Africa and in the Middle East area. The time when the Greeks conquered that area and they really defaced the Jewish religion and persecuted the Jews. This belief in the resurrection was not a very common belief among the Jews. The Pharisees did believe it, but we hear that the Sadducees, another sect amongst the Jews at the time of Jesus, did not believe in the resurrection. The resurrection is the most important mystery. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, love did not win. Love did not triumph. And we would remain in our sins. No forgiveness. Our Lord Jesus Christ did rise from the dead. And he wants us to experience in our lives, each and every day, small glimpses of the resurrection. For me personally, the most beautiful experience of this happens normally in the confessional. When I go myself, when I do recognize my own sins, my inability to love God and my neighbor, my friends, my family, and God lavishly welcomes me back, pours out upon me His mercy. And the death that I experience for my inability to love, my inability to be faithful, is overcome by God's faithfulness in my life. And then I see it when I'm in the confessional. God continuously pouring out mercy upon his church, welcoming his people back. Our homes, dear friends, need to be schools and places of the resurrection as well. Oftentimes, there's a little bit of arguing or complaining in marriages and family life. I know firsthand from my own family, and occasionally, you know, some of my friends tell me about their marital difficulties or difficulties with their families. It's normal. There's no such thing as a perfect marriage, a perfect husband or a perfect wife, perfect kids. We all sin. And God wants to use us as an instrument of his love and of his mercy. To be able to forgive 
One needs first to recognize one's need for forgiveness. We need to enter into God's mercy. We need to experience firsthand in the flesh. And gradually our hearts are changed. It takes about a lifetime to change one's heart. But this is the most beautiful adventure and what our hearts are made for. To continuously experience over and over again that love has triumphed. I think of kids who maybe do something bad, who misbehave, and their parents forgive them. Husbands who forgive their wives, wives who forgive their husbands. And this is the great gift of God's living presence in the world. I live with the other priests, as you know. Sometimes we don't see everything the same way. Sometimes we have difficulties making decisions or we all have our personal hang-ups and sins, just like each and every one of us. And there's little stumbling blocks in our relationships. But the most amazing thing is to let God into this stumbling block or to see God at work in front of these stumbling blocks. How God desires to touch these stumbling blocks, these moments of maybe a little bit of scandal. And he brings healing there. I could not live without my brother priests. God uses them each and every day as a vehicle to soften and change my heart. And God wants to do this in your marriages and in your families. Wants to change your heart. The Christian life is the life of conversion, of death, and resurrection. We always must remember that after death, there's resurrection, there's new life. And by experiencing this day after day, or week after week, when we go to the confessional, our personal belief in the resurrection is strengthened. We grow in amazing certainty that God's going to overcome whatever difficulty if we live it before Him. Tonight we're going to celebrate the Feast of St. Charles in the parish. The little dinner, I'm going to give a witness. I can't wait. I served in Colombia about five and a half years. And for me, it's one of the most beautiful chapters in my life. Not for my heroic effort to learn Spanish. I still speak with a funny accent. When I do talk to my friends over the phone and on Zoom... Sometimes they still tease me. But throughout these five years, God has been incredibly faithful to my life. Has really strengthened my conviction in the victory of love and mercy over all of my infidelities. Over my, all of my inability to love and serve God in my vocation. He has really taught me the truth and beauty about the priesthood. About being a man. Allowing my life to be defined by God and not by my effort to do and accomplish great things. When we first arrived at the parish, the first thing we did was kind of interesting. The religious community that was there before us, they kind of hid the confessionals. 
No confessionals in the parish. They were in a little storage area. And the first week, the first thing that we decided to do was to lift these huge confessionals and put them at the entrance of the parish. Because so the people had not been confessing their sins maybe for 10 years, the time that the previous community was there. And we had three daily masses, three priests. Each priest had to say a mass and hear confessions during a mass every day of the week and on Sundays. And people gradually returned to, to confess their sins. It was amazing. We were right beside one of the most important universities in Colombia, probably the most important. And kids would come before school in the morning, start their day by making a great confession. Or Monday morning, after a long weekend of partying, no better way to start the week than getting a good confession, reminding, having the experience of God's triumphant victory. God wants to convince us today that he's alive and well, that his mercy is infinite, that the victory of his resurrection is true. And he wants us each to experience that personally in our difficulties. Only by recognizing our inability to love, love God and our neighbor, our infinite amount of distractions, are we able to really recognize the truth of who God is. He's a God of mercy and forgiveness. Colombia was a crazy country. It was amazing, but very violent. Lots of armed conflict in certain areas of the country. But every day, something amazing happened. God erupting into violence, into darkness, into sin, into very broken relationships. In revealing his love and his mercy. It was amazing for me to experience that firsthand in my own life, in my own violence, in my own darkness and distractedness and sinfulness. And then to be a minister or an instrument of this mercy to so many people. This is what our world needs. So as we celebrate today, throughout the month of November, the church always invites us to reflect on the theme of death, of resurrection, purgatory, of suffering. Let us really open our hearts to Christ. Let us ask Christ to convince us of his mercy, of his resurrection. And let's ask for it to be personalized in our lives. For me, one of the greatest sacrifices in my life was to leave Colombia. I was asked to do that, and for me, it was a major sacrifice. But I thought to myself, there's no greater love than to offer a sacrifice for one's friends in obedience to my community. We're all called to make sacrifices in life, to affirm our love for people. This is what the heart's made for, to enter into the true logic of love. And it's been amazing how this sacrifice has been fruitful, how God's been so faithful to me in these first 10 months here, showering me with all kinds of new relationships and all kinds of experience of his love for my life. 
So let's celebrate today the fact that God has come into the world. He's taken on himself all of sin, all the history of sin. He wants to transform it and bring about resurrection in our life. Another beautiful thing is that the resurrection is not something abstract. It's not just a word, a poetic word. He wants to be resurrected in our flesh, in our brokenness, in our suffering, in our sin, in our distractedness. We are bombarded by images of a culture of death every day. The world is a little messed up. But the great thing about this is it's not an, a stumbling block for God. The world is not a stumbling block for God. He still wants to convince us of, of his intimate love and mercy. So we pray that to really have hearts open to receiving his love. Let us expect more from God. I often hear people don't want to go to church or they're bored or they don't like praying. And I, I think a good part is that we don't expect enough from God. We don't expect him to touch change and show us his infinite love. But when that does happen, my friends, life is a really amazing adventure. So let us plead to God for the grace to welcome him in our life and allow him to resurrect and bring new life through his mercy.